I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, we're on, Sunny Pop. It's good to be here. Hello, my name is Claire. James is here also. We are married. We recommend you things. We hope you find some things useful and James always goes first. How's that for an intro? Well, I know you're very excited to talk about the thing that you want to talk about this week. So I figure you're probably not going to listen to me and you're just going to be I thinking am. about I'm things really I'm going to say. So one of my suggestion is, why don't you go first this week? Ooh, yes. controversial. Okay, I have two things I want to talk about and All I right. love them both. The first one, it's going to surprise you, is not the one I wanted to talk about initially. It is a book. It's called Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell. I know you really want me to talk about the second thing, don't you? But I'll keep you in suspense. I don't want you to talk about anything, Claire. I'll I want to keep go you on your toes. Do you like freaks and geeks, James? Yeah, I do. Do you like Pretty in Pink? Wait, do you mean the movie or the people? <laughs> Both, but the movie. It's not a movie. It's a TV Pretty show. Pink. I'm sorry. You're the worst. Do you though? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Great. You are so annoying. Right. Well, Eleanor and Park is one of my favourite books and I've been saving it up to share with everybody and I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay. So Eleanor is a new girl in town and with her chaotic family life, her mismatched clothes and unruly red hair, she couldn't stick out more if she tried. Oh my God. She sounds like a bloody regular girl, but she's just trying to make a bloody girlfriend <laughs> This in the is world. a young adult novel and it just reminds you of what it is to be a teenager. Sure. Um, and Park is the boy at the back of the bus and he's part Korean, wears black t-shirts, headphones, head in a book. Loves comic books. He thinks Whoa. he's made himself invisible from everyone. He's too cool. He's aloof. But not to Eleanor. Never to Eleanor. And a romance kind of ensues from there. And it's just, it reminds you of what it is to be in love as a teenager, to kind of live in that heightened technicolor world. Oh, my God. You and they couldn't connect. pay me enough to be in You're love as worst. a teenager again. No, but I really think you'd love it because you love Freaks and Geeks. And what's beautiful about this, it's actually quite raw. There's some really confronting scenes about Eleanor's family life and what she has mm. to go through. They deal with issues of abuse and violence, domestic violence particularly. It also talks a lot about like sexuality as, a, as teenagers, what it's like to be a misfit and an outcast at school. Mm. And they connect through what I love and have so much nostalgia for, the mixtape. The mixtape. Of course, I remember the mixtape. Oh, mate, and that was—that's the best thing. So you had a few people make you some mixtapes back I in the day. I did back in the day. <laughs> I did. And so Park has this Walkman, and he spends his whole life reading comics, particularly X Men, you know, because they're all about being kind of misfits and outcasts, and they come. I'll stop together. you right there, Claire. Here Never again. heard of him. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> This is one of the reasons I wanted to recommend it to mm. you and to your it listeners. It's set in the 80s. Okay, right. Yeah, so it's set in the 80s. So the era before iTunes and Spotify took over the world, all of these things. So remember when you, to find music, you had to really dig for it yeah. and you had to kind of have equipment that you could listen to and it was expensive and Eleanor has no money. So she's she has all these lists of bands she wants to hear the music of, but she's never actually heard. Right, right. She lives in a really chaotic household. So he starts to share his music with her, like the Smiths and Joy Division and, mm. and U2 and Elvis Costello. And through that Damn. music, yeah, correct? Really? Oh, I don't know. No, not Wham. And through that music, they sort of form this friendship and then it sparks into love, but it's kind of 
tra- oh, it's not tragic, but it's heartbreaking too and heart wrenching. Okay, so I you, really recommend you, uh, this. Book. Do you remember recording songs off the? The radio. Of the wireless. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and you'd wait. For, sometimes you'd just like hit record just to, because you didn't know what it was and you're like, well, I want to get an, a new song and who knows what it is. And so every now and then it's like the exact song that you wanted and you, and then it would just stay there for, for years. Oh, yeah. something you wouldn't dare record over. And then you just have to kind of just keep adding to the tape. You can't go, go back and edit, edit anything yeah. off. And what no. I loved about that too was that I would listen to songs and then – because I'd listened so often to them in that particular order, yeah, I would what hear you the next, next. song yeah, coming. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, and I remember that feeling of sitting on the bus because they meet on the school bus. Sure. And that feeling of having your headphones in and kind of hating the world and feeling like you're an outcast and no one understands you. You're not an outcast, but no one gets you. You know, you're mm. really different. And, and music's a good you know, escape. Yeah, it is. And yeah. kind of watching the world go by as a teenager in that kind of mood and listening to music that you treasure and love yeah. and it kind of lets you escape. Yeah, and you kind of do appreciate it because you really had to work for it. But that being said, I wouldn't go back to that in a heartbeat. Like no. I really enjoy <laughs> being able to choose any song ever. You oh, know? yeah. It's but there incredible. is there's definitely something lost there. And it's weird because we didn't even really grow up. We grew up in also a generation where you could buy CDs or make CDs, but it was still it wasn't Technology that was widely available. No, and to it was everybody. expensive yeah. too. Yeah. I had a Walkman because I yeah, couldn't afford too. a Discman. Mm. I had a Walkman yeah. and then I saved up for a Discman in my final year at school. Oh, yeah. so cool! And then you'd have to have that pouch full and of CDs. And a Discman is no good to carry either because <laughs> a Walkman fits in your pocket because it's like a square, yeah, or a rectangle. But a Discman doesn't fit in anything. No, it's annoying. It's the size of a CD, yeah, except much bigger. And I actually loved my Walkman too because you could record into it. So, you... oh, mine didn't do that. Yeah. Oh, well, mine did. I mm. loved that because I was always trying to write music and things so I, I was always recording myself and I remember like my headphones would break or the Walkman was dodgy so I'd have to hold it a certain way or I, I knew like if I kind of pried it open and poked like a certain wire I could get it to like work again for a little bit like it was this thing that it's like diffusing a bomb trying to get this oh, thing to work love it. well I really do think that you would love this book so maybe mm. on holidays when you have time Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell is it Park as Park. in P-A-R-K yeah P-A-R-K mm, okay. yeah and it's just Wonderful. It, it it reminds me of the world of freaks and geeks. I feel like you've got like 80 copies of this book because I see it everywhere all the <laughs> no, time. No, it's just because I've been bringing it with me to talk about it and then never get to Oh, it. okay. Well, that makes sense. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, done. That's Delightful. my recommendation. Okay. My first one. I'm saving the oh, good one for goodness. last. Okay. So mine uh, is actually a YouTuber called Mike Boyd and he's got 1.96 million subscribers. That's uh, a lot of subscribers. It is. Like mil- millions of views like per video. But he doesn't upload like all the time because what he does, he's a Scottish YouTuber and he goes away and he frames himself as like just this kind of average guy who tries like extraordinary tasks. And the reason I found him was because uh, recently uh, Kip, uh, Kipchoge, um, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, broke the two-hour two marathon time. I just saw under, that. Which is incredible. Like it's a feat that not that long ago people thought was physically impossible and I watched, uh, like, I, I came across a video of his where he talked about what it would take for him to break the record and what you would have to do. And it's all about obviously hitting a certain pace and maintaining it and having runners by your side to keep you at that particular pace and work as wind breaks. And you've got a car in front of you, which projects a laser onto the street in front of you. So you keep pace with that wow. that laser to, to keep running it and, and whatever. So I kind of went down this rabbit hole of, of that because he's got a few videos on. But he does this interesting thing where, like, there's, he's, he gets on a treadmill and he tries to run the two-hour marathon pace, which is basically a 4.3-minute mile. 
And not that long ago, like in the 50s, like a four-minute mile was was considered impossible and that was a record that was was broken. I think it was like 954. How far is a mile in kilometres? It's like 1.4, 1.6. Like, yeah, it is 1.6. Oh, good there job. Go. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah, so it shows that him, like an average person or even a, a competent runner running at that pace, you can do it for like a minute. Wow. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like you, you've got to be like a – Genetically, you got to be kind of predisposed to these kind of yeah, things, and you'd have to have just the most ridiculous steely the training, the motivation, like the diet, like all of these things. So anyway, his channel is filled with all these different types of things that he's attempted. One of them is the salmon ladder, which you might be familiar with. It's that thing that they do in like an American Ninja Warrior, and people who listen to my show might be familiar from Arrow. It's where you hold the like a chin up bar and you jump to the next rung. Oh, I've seen that. So you're kind of it's kind of like climbing a ladder, but you've only got one rung. Do you reckon you could do that? I could physically do it, but I don't. I, it's the technique I don't. I don't have because put chin up. I'm pretty good. Yeah, at you're ups, really good at chin ups. But, um, Maybe we yeah, should but get then, one for And I'm house. good at the outside grip ones as well, which are the more difficult ones. Look, I don't like to brag about how incredibly fit I am, but <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> no, but uh, it's. With practice, I think it's possible. But he does that. He does muscle up, you know, where you where you, you kind of get yourself on top of a bar. It's like a combination of a chin up and then a then a dip. Yes, yeah. Uh, holding his, he learns to hold his breath for four minutes. He does axe thro- throwing, splitting an apple with his bare hands. How to solve a Rubik's cube, lock picking. The a lock picking one I just watched before this. The way he makes himself do it is he buys a clear lock, which you can get for practice, and you can. It's about aligning the pins, and you do it with a lock pick, and that's easy. You can do it when you can see inside the lock. But then he locks himself in his garage, and then breaks the key, so he can't get out. So he has to lock pick his way out of it. What it takes he, him like forty minutes oh or whatever. Oh my god! Yeah, so it's and it's not like extreme and crazy things that like you know are really off putting. Yeah. Who what? Who are those guys that used to do ridiculous? Like jackass. Yeah, jackass. Yeah, they're all like broken and old. Some are oh, dead. And, god, yeah. yeah, I remember. I could never, and they'd like put pins in their yeah, ears. Yeah, I, I came across gosh. that the other night. Uh, oh, I mean, some god, of that I stuff totally is so funny. Totally forgotten about jackass. Uh, but yeah, the, a lot of those guys are like really. Like injured yeah, and, and they put and, nails and, in their head. Yeah, and, and stuff, like drug didn't they? abuse problems and all these kinds. Not oh all of them, Lord, you know. But yeah. yeah, he's got actually one also where he attempts a backflip. So it's basically start on a trampoline and then you work way up to doing it onto like a mattress and then and from there you got to kind of do it in solid <gasps> ground. And he doesn't end up doing it. It's one that he gives up on that he kind of lost the nerve of and he's gonna he's gonna come back to. But anyway, I just think it's really because they're not like super highly polished. It's, it seems like mostly him and maybe his girlfriend or wife who you don't really see in the video who's who's helping him out. And it's just and he's just kind of trying these things and it's not really doesn't really employ experts a lot of the times he just kind of goes well i'm going to try this and see what happens and he's like well that didn't work so i'm going to try this and see what happens and it's a lot of trial and error and it's just really it's really interesting kind of and it's not like there's a lot of youtube's like negative and drama and clickbait and whatever and and i guess there's elements of clickbait to this but there's substance to the videos yeah i just yeah. really love when people try try a new thing yeah i just think our brains are designed to do that and i think sometimes we get so far down the rabbit hole of internet you know, it's mm. social media staring at screens thing that our brains don't get to try new stuff and build those yeah. synapses in our brain. Totally, yeah. You know, because you create a neurological pathway every time you create a new skill. Yeah, and, and that, that path gets stronger every time you Yeah, exactly, it, and yeah. It, it staves off dementia and all kinds of things. Mm. So learning how to unpick a lock yeah. and all of those stuff that, you know, back in the day people would have had to know how to do because – 
that you couldn't call the RACV or something yeah. to come and get you out. You just had to figure out how to get out of your car or whatever you needed to do. Absolutely. I think that's awesome. Well, your I'll dad used to be out. a locksmith, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. And a bike mechanic and a bus driver and a taxi yeah. driver. He did a lot of things, my dad. Yeah, but um, Yeah, but and I do think there's something wonderful. I think there's a move back to that. I think people yeah. have come full circle and they're starting to learn how to do things, you know, on their own. I think again. so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not one of those guys. Because if, <laughs> if I can pay somebody to do it, I'll... That's because you've got I'll your dad. Dad who could do everything. That's true, my brother. And well. your brother, yeah. Thank one God for your brothers. brother. <laughs> one of my brothers. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, so, yeah, anyway, it's just it's just a kind of interesting. Cool. Kind of. Yeah, uh, I want to check channel. that out. Yeah. Can you Mike remind Boyd. me? Yeah. Mike Boyd. Yeah. So All right. Always linked below, Collings. Excellent. Thank you yeah. so much, sir. All right, it's time for my second recommendation. Oh, my I goodness. You've been, you. t- you've been all week. You're like, oh, my God, I can't wait oh, to talk I'm about so it. But we're running out of time, Claire. No, we're not. We're fine. 12 minutes. Okay. Ride Like a Girl. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's a film produced by Rachel Griffiths. It was just released mm-hmm. recently on like the 26th of September or something. I went and saw it last week. The writers are Elise um, McCready and Andrew Knight. It's an Australian film. Yeah. It's the true story of Michelle Payne, who was the first female jockey to win the Melbourne Cup. The Melbourne Cup is Australia's most iconic horse race. It's 3,200 metres. So it's the ri- it's known as the richest two-mile handicap in the world and the richest turf race. So there's $6 million in the winning pool for this race. It's just – it's one of the – most iconic races really in the world, I think, for horse racing. Um, it's over 150 years old, so it's been going since 1861. And the first woman jockey to ride in the Melbourne Cup was in 2003. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah. So the year that Michelle Payne got into this race, she was 100 to 1 odds mm. to win. So nobody thought she could win. She was on a horse called Prince of Penzance that was an injured horse yeah. that had done had a whole lot of operations and really similar to her story because she'd come back through so much adversity and yeah. so many injuries Do they cover that in the movie? They yeah. do, hugely. And she really connected with this horse. Mm. And her brother, she comes from a really big family of 10 and they're like a very sort of Christian family. Her mother died in a car accident when she was six months old. Yeah. And so her father raised these on 10 kids on farm. his own. Yeah, on um, a dairy farm. Of, like my dad was a dairy farm and he's like, that's a brutal Yeah, completely. Job. Yeah. yeah, her dad used And you need the whole family to kind of Yeah, t- Yeah, exactly. Going, so yeah. she was basically working on the land mm. since she was, you know, able to walk. And But her family were heavily into horses as well and she has this kind of deep connection with them. Her brother Stevie, so she's the youngest, he's the second youngest and he has Down syndrome. Yes. Um, he becomes a horse trainer. Because he's just got this incredible affiliation with horses. Mm. So in the film, Michelle Payne is played by Teresa Palmer, who is incredible. And Paddy, her dad, Paddy Payne, is played by Sam Neill, who just plays oh, it really? so well. Know. Yeah, But Stevie Payne, her bro- da- brother, Dan Jerome, plays himself. And I think he just steals 
the yeah. show. He's a real character. Like you see him in interviews, he's very funny. Yeah. As well, yeah. He's really funny. He just does not care. Like yeah. he does not care for the rules and but has this real connection to horses. He, is he, he's honest. slightly older than her, is that right? Yeah, he is. I remember yeah. I, I saw an interview with him like at the time and she like he used to kind of get up, try to get away with things because he's got down syndrome. Yeah, completely. And his sister would be like, he knows what he's doing. He's tricking you. Because like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, they, like, they'd both do something and he, and he would get into trouble and she, and she yeah, would. Yeah, yeah she, would, she would get into trouble and he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Totally. He does that throughout the film. It's really funny. Like yeah, right. he gets in under fences and stuff to go and talk to these like really incredibly expensive racehorses and people just let him do it because yeah. he's, you know, got down syndrome and he just gets away with saying cheeky things. And um, actually he pulls out because just before before the race, you have to pull out your gate number and mm. your gate number can have a huge effect on where you're positioned sure, in yeah. the race. And he says he wants to pull out gate number one and then he just pulls it out. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, which is just like so many things for her just went right on yeah. the day. But the film itself just shows you because racing, and I didn't realise this, is the most dangerous sport in the world. Is that like numbers wise per like injury? Yeah, and death, deaths. Things like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and when and they the way they film it, often they shoot within the horse race itself. So you really get a sense of just yeah, how right. dangerous this sport is, how heavy the horses are, how fast you're going, um, how intense it is between the jockeys, how they're yelling at each other. And because jockeys are also based around weight, and so I didn't realise this, but for jockeys you have to keep your weight really yes. strictly yes. in check. And if you're even slightly over that's it, it makes you're a huge done. difference. Yeah, it that's does. why obviously also why they're short. I remember seeing an interview with a guy like decades ago who was like a six foot jockey, which was really unusual. So for him to get like down oh my to God, weight, he would have to be almost yeah. anorexic, yeah. I think. And that's what you see in this. She is just a killer athlete. Mm. The lengths that she goes to and the extremes she puts her body through to be able to do what she does is just yeah. spectacular. And the risks that she takes, and I don't want to go into too much of it because I want you to watch the film and I don't want to spoil all of it yeah. but there's a lot of really heartbreaking things that happened to her during her journey and you just almost can't believe that she actually gets back up again and keeps going yeah there's also a really great kind of um look at what it's like to be a woman in that industry and there's just men everywhere right Ma- men male jockeys well, like to get a ride even. yeah yeah to see a female jockey let alone yeah well man. it's yeah. really really hard for women to even get a run mm. In the Melbourne Cup, well, in any and there's race. obviously also the politics behind it, and I know, and there's been a lot of scandals of like bribery and cheating and drugging and all these kinds of other things that also go mm. on in addition to yeah. I don't but know it was it just such a that, but, it's just such mm. a masculine culture. So yeah. she'll be standing outside, just watching, trying to get a run and get one trainer to believe in her to allow them to ride the horse, mm. r- allow her to, to ride a horse. Yeah, because you don't own the horse that you no. Run. So yeah. they have to. So the trainers and the you know, there's a lot of people in in horse mm. races. So even at the end of the film, when she was the one that saw the potential in Prince of Penzance and rode him in nearly every race, she has to fight tooth and nail for the owners of the racehorse to let her ride in the really? Melbourne Cup. Tooth and nail. Like they very nearly didn't let her ride. Yeah. Because they just they just said, well, a woman's never won it. Why would we let you? And so you, there's a good point. Yeah. Right. I mean, but, but how many women have actually run in, ran in the well, Melbourne Cup? Well, that's what Cup, I mean. You know? yeah. Very few. Yeah. I mean, the first woman was in 2003. Really? Yeah. So very few. And she it actually. It kind of surprises me that 
it's that far back. I, I, if you had have said like 2010, I would have been like, yeah, probably. But yeah, but when you think it's about not that, that long ago, though, but is it's it? not for lack of ability. Like she yeah. had uh, like a lot of sisters, and many of her sisters were jockeys as well. And girls love pretty horses, Claire. Yeah, just, no, <laughs> no. you're so annoying. No, I. I know what you say, yeah. But it, but it's it's also about and she says is Lee Sales who's uh, who interviews her in a video I just watched mm. um asked her what it's like to be the first female to win the Melbourne Cup and she said oh it doesn't feel like it's that big a deal because I know how many great female jockeys there are. Right. It's just that not they're never given a go and they're never given the good horses. All oh, right. So okay. that's part of it because none of the you know really amazing horses generally tend to be given to women. And I mean, she was odds a hundred to one. Prince of Penzance, you know, he qualified, but no one thought he God, win. you would have cleaned up on that. Imagine, if yeah, imagine. Like and there's this just because Magda Skabansky's in it too, yeah, right. um, who's like an iconic actress in Australia, comedian. She's just brilliant and an um, LGBTQI activist as well. Mm. She's so great. She's great to follow on Twitter actually. But she's a she plays a nun well, and like her teacher. Her life and her family, yeah, her, yeah, she's written an incredible yeah. book I'll She'll talk about on day, another show. Actually, yeah. yeah, she's great. But she she plays a teacher in it and she put, you know, money on the horse and mm. and you know, just the the way that she was dismissed at every turn is just kind of breathtaking. Yeah. It just shows and I sobbed through the entire thing because it just shows you again how Far women have to – like how much further women have to fight. But you also sobbed through the Paw Patrol movie you sat through the other day, remember? <laughs> oh, that was the worst. Don't – oh, my God. <laughs> it's the worst movie. It's just awful. It's like Nelson Shockwood. Anyway, <sighs> I would highly recommend this. Rachel Griffiths saw um, Michelle Payne win the race. Is it her, her production company? Um, I don't know if it's her production company. I know she's produced yeah. it. So it's, she's the brains behind it. She right. saw Michelle Payne cross that finish line and then saw Stevie Payne come up to hug her and hug the horse. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Michelle Payne dedicated the race to her brother yeah. and she saw that and was just, just said – this has got to be a movie. And yeah. so she fought tooth and nail to get it across the Pretty line. Pretty turnaround as well. Mm. Like yeah, from two, 2015, yeah. 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 So she's done an amazing job with the film and mm. I just think it's absolutely brilliant and everyone should see it. It's a great film to show teenagers as well, yeah. really excellent. And not just for girls, it's for everybody because yeah. it's really, really about want, really the strength it, yeah. of, what it, of fortitude and resilience and what the human body can endure and the human spirit. Yeah. Also, she went to school with my cousin. So in yeah, Ballarat. she grew up so in Ballarat. There you go. I mean, uh, we're practically related. Practically, <laughs> yeah. Teresa Palmer plays an amazing. Probably doesn't remember my cousin either. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, amazing. Teresa Palmer. Yeah, mm. she's good. She's really good. Sullivan Stapleton, star of three hundred. The, the other one. You know, even the the trainer of the horse did not think that she would have anywhere any chance of winning yeah. and said to her, I'd be happy with the top ten if you can just get us into I mean, the top ten. What are the chances like winning it at all? You know what I mean? Oh, Later, like, so, so slim yeah. to Yeah, correct. Incredible. And it's horses from all over the world. It's, it's not horses just for courses, mate. Horses for race courses, anyway. I should say. Also, I hate horse racing. I think it's a fucking terrible sport and I don't know why. It's well, you know what? And I know and it's and it can there is a lot of um Sort of controversy around the way I'm, the horse. I'm not are a vegetarian. I think so. Things. You know, I know. Obviously, there's yeah. Some, oh, look, yeah. I'm not saying I condone horse racing, yeah. but I am condoning and just like admiring Michelle Payne and what yeah. she achieved. I think and it's the Paw Patrol movie. Amazing. We'll put those two together. So both Correct. of those things. Recommend them below, please, Collings. Put Paw Patrol above. Oh, <laughs> no, don't do All right, your right, like turn. A girl, yeah, uh, that's is it. I, I know it's showing in Australia, but is it? Around the world. It will be. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. 
Um, uh, my second thing is a graphic novel called Twists of Fate. It's by uh, Paco uh, Roca. I've definitely said that wrong. He's a Spanish writer and graphic novelist cartoonist. And basically it's about a Spanish veteran uh, of the Spanish Civil War who's exiled with a whole bunch of other people to France during at the, at the beginning of World War II, right? So it's basically, it, it's the idea of, it's World War II, but it's from a refugee's perspective. Because often for with World War II stories, it's like, it's this, you know, if you're Australian, like it's the Australian, it's the British, it's the American, you know what I mean? It's the, you're saving Private Ryan's and, and whatever and, and that kind of situation. And then your Pearl Harbors, it's your Normandy and whatever. But this is like, a, which is nothing wrong with any of that, obviously, because those are huge and influential factors into winning the war. But just telling the story of people that you don't really hear about these heroes that, and, and events that aren't really that, that were highly politicized at the time, but weren't really covered in in the same way. So because that they, they they'd fled Spain to France, they were then uh, they got their refugee status removed. And it focuses on one character in particular who seems to be an amalgamation of a few. It's based on like interviews and history reports of the time and newspapers and things like that. And the refugees, refugee status of these people are removed and they're forced to work in these like appalling work camps in Africa in the heat, just like hauling rocks for like three years with like little to no food and water. And then they're, and then they're like have a choice of like, well, you can do this other terrible thing or you can also fight, the, you know, the Nazis or whatever. And they, and they do want to fight, you know, they, would, they do want to do their bit as well, but they want to kind of fight under their own flag, but there's kind of political things that – like around that, it's basically yeah, the treatment of these people and one in particular, like these forgotten heroes who experience so much, but they, you know, that's not the medals and the fanfare and the movies and the whatever. It's just kind of these stories of people who kind of just kind of slowly died and disappeared. The guy who's in this, because this was written in like 2015 or 2013, who's not, he's 94 years old. So, if, so you know, they, these there's barely any of them left anyway, even if there is, there is now. And it's just a really like well drawn like beautifully written story about it's like someone in the modern day talking to this to this man who's very reluctant to kind of tell the story of what had happened because he's just like it was a terrible thing that happened to me and I don't want to talk about it and you know it's why nobody nobody cares then nobody's cared for 70 years why would anybody care now kind of kind of thing but it's a really it's really interesting because it's again it's a story that you don't you don't see do you know what I mean it's and that and that I think is a really interesting I mean, because there's war heroes from World War Two from all over. Mm. You know what I mean? Like India fought against the Nazis, from you know, for example, things like that. But you, you know, you don't you don't really hear about no, you don't. things like that. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, it's just it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really interesting. My mum's neighbour has dementia, mm. and his wife rang her the other day and said, "Can you just come and look after him just for an hour because I've got to get to a medical appointment?" And so mum went over there and sat with him. Um, and he's in his, you know, 90s now. And he just started talking about the Burma Railway. Really? Yeah. And he was on the Burma Railway. Really? And he had, and he just kept talking about this moment where he, there was, he was held at gunpoint and his men were running around him and. Jeez. Yeah. And he was kind How of in charge he? of a group. In the, in the 90s? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it just made you think, like I lived next to him for my entire life until I moved out of home at like 25. I remember we could do squats. Yeah. Remember he came over and he was like, <laughs> th- life is about the three M's. Yeah. Marriage. What was it? I can't remember. I've forgotten. <laughs> Maybe you can tell <laughs> like me. He gave you the secret to life and you've forgotten it. I can't, yeah. I don't there know. There was three M's. I remember being like, 
at least one of those is bullshit. <laughs> so, <laughs> the marriage one. <laughs> no. But it was joking. it came over like the day after your dad had passed away. Yeah. And he, and he came and he's like, I'm living next door. Watch me do squats. And I'm like, this is this is great. You're great. But this is like not a, this is not, <laughs> not a good time. Not exactly the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He may have started to have dementia already by yeah. that point. But isn't that crazy? And it does make you think, right, about how many stories we have never heard. Yes. From war. Yeah. And and the, and then also what people have gone through in their lives and and how we're such a soft generation. Yeah, well, yeah, we ways. are. Yeah. Well, I think what is it that that's saying that uh hard men well, that's the saying. Let's say people, Claire. Okay. Uh, hard people kind of breed soft people. So and that's because they, you know, they do all the the work and then the next generation is kind of they don't have to do any of that. They just kind of have the benefits of that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does yeah. make sense. I wonder if that's, that's us. not even the proper expression. No, I don't. Yeah. I wonder if that's us or whether the baby boomers are the soft ones. It's them, but then we're probably even softer again after, <laughs> the, after that. What you're saying is we're very soft. Yeah. I don't know. Well, well it's, it's just stuff. things that used to happen. It just you can't imagine things that used to happen happening now. Like for our, for example, our parents' generation, like conscription. Like yeah. you can't even imagine something like that happening now. Being like, well, there's a no. war in Vietnam. A country who cannot get here, like they're not going to come and take our land or whatever. Or no, but you must fight. But yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to go. And your name's been pulled out of a ballot, like a lottery. And then not only that, but you'll then have lasting effects and repercussions from the war that you've experienced and the trauma. Plus, when you get back home, everyone will think you're a villain because it was. It turned out to be such a disastrous um, decision. Oh, God, yeah, I know. But can you imagine, like, conscription now? Like, it just, like, yeah. like the circumstances for that to happen again. I just can't. Yeah, I know. Even it's fathom crazy. It, yeah. I know. Mm. Well, on that um, cheerful note. Oh, my God, I love podcasts. Right. Um, that brings us to the end of our episode. It's a bit of a downer, this one, Claire. No. <laughs> oh, gosh, you really need to read Eleanor and Park and no, also go watch Ride Like a Girl. It's really. You're right, I should and will. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I want to go and learn how to pick a lock. Absolutely. Well, but, a- well we were talking about doing an, an upcoming episode where the other person has to read or watch or do the things that the other person was going to. So we I have to. End. Yeah. Yeah, we which, have to swap, which means I have to watch something about death. And oh my god, I'm going to find the saddest, most crazy <laughs> sci-fi nonsensical thing for you to watch. Right. Well, I'll give you a rom-com, and you love rom-coms. I'm okay with that. Exactly. Yeah. So I should have got you to read Eleanor and Park because I just think you'll love it. I think it would help me expand my worldview. And if people want to help expand this podcast, let me tell <laughs> oh, you, Claire, well done. you can do you can do a, a rating in your app. You can give it a five stars if you're so yes, inclined on you. iTunes. This is from uh, Lundelv. Uh, great show, tons of heart. I started listening to this podcast because I was a big fan of James' other podcast, The Weekly Planet. I was surprised about how deep and heartfelt this show can be, particularly in the most recent episode where they discussed a famous where they discussed a famous comedian uh, return after dealing with a long bout of depression. They're both great hosts, and I really enjoy their talk. And they would recommend some really great books and TV shows. So thank you very much. That's a very kind review. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. And you can also send us recommendations. We of love your, your recommendations. Own. We would love to hear them. You can we love rec- them. We send kiss them. them. We print them on, off and we kiss them. We do. We do. We smooch them. <laughs> 
um, with lots of tongue. On Twitter at SuggestiblePod or on Instagram at SuggestiblePod or on Facebook at SuggestiblePod. This one um, is one that comes from Lewis5707. Hi, guys. Really like the podcast. I wanted to suggest a short film by Austin McConnell on his YouTube channel. I know this guy. The film is called Voicemails from Strangers and it's a great way of hearing people's small snippets of their lives. Okay, right. Yeah. A little bit like this podcast. Oh, my God. I love podcasts. I know. Thank you so much. Louis. Louis. Louis 5707. Oh, oh, oh. oh, don't sing that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why were you listening to uh, Joy Division before? Is that because of... Yeah, it was uh, just reminding me of um, New Wave and, you know, punk yeah. rock and, and you were listening all that to vibe. the song from the theme song from Charmed. I'm like, yeah. that's the theme song from Charmed. The yeah, Charmed. correct. The TV show Charmed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that song is sung by the Smiths. Great. Correct. I and noticed you subtly checking your notes like you knew it was the Smiths. <laughs> I didn't know it was the Smiths. I just thought it was the Charmed thing. I just wanted to I had check. no idea it was the Smiths. No, it yeah. is the Smiths. Yeah, mm. it's brilliant. Oh, and that's the other thing. Go listen to some 80s new wave punk rock. You love punk rock? It gets you in a real zone. I love it. I also think it's fine. All right. Yeah. All right. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. It's really, yeah, we appreciate it. Nah, I don't. Oh, that's so rude to our <laughs> listeners, Claire. See ya. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.